At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. There's only 24 hours in a day. I got a pair of earbuds and I wish there was a way that I could know just what I want to listen to. There's 150,000 shows that I'm not sitting through. Welcome to Pod on Pod, a guide to the world of podcasts because it's not your daddy's radio. We're your hosts. I'm Josh. And I'm Joel. This week on Pod on Pod, it's a very special episode. They're all special episodes in their own way. It's a trifecta. It is. Uh, Today, we're not covering one podcast as we normally do on uh, this show. Uh, Generally, every Wednesday, you can tune in here on Pod on Pod or go to podonpod.com, subscribe to us in your favorite podcast app. And receive a review of a different podcast each week. We break that show down by talking about the host. At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. Likeability, the content itself, the the production values and the audio quality. But this week, we're going to be talking about three different shows all in one. We have gotten requests for all of these shows. We wanted to get to all of them. And instead of covering them each in their own episodes spread out over several months, we thought, hey, it's one topic. Let's let's get them all in here together. They all all fit. They do, and they sort of complement each other. I don't think every show is for everybody, but I think one of these shows is probably for almost all of our listeners. Yeah, I would agree. We're going to be talking about hardcore history from Dan. And Carlin. We're going to be talking about stuff you missed in history class and also the Angry History Show. Used to be the Angry History Podcast. They switched the title at some point to the Angry History Show. Either way, it's a it's a great title. They're all great titles, I think. Well, I'm not going to agree with you on that. Which one do you not like? Uh, angry History. Angry History you don't think fits? No, I, th- I didn't think they were angry at all. Oh, I thought they were very – I think – Maybe it was just the episodes that I listened to. Several of the episodes I listened to, they had a particular bone to pick at some point in the episode. And then just generally, like they talked a lot about things that people get wrong or like, here's something that everybody thinks they know about history that's just false. One, well, we'll get to that in a minute. What we're going to do today is we're going to talk about all three of these podcasts. We're going to tell you a little bit about each one of them and then uh, give you a little bit of an overview so that you history buffs can find a podcast that's perfect for you. Uh, Let's start with the content itself. What are these shows about? I guess we should start with the one that is perhaps the most in-depth, and not just the most in-depth of these three shows. This is the most in-depth podcast I've ever heard. Hardcore History from Dan Carlin. It is. In fact, um, if 
I don't think that we listened. We probably didn't listen to any of the same ones on this. Uh, one, I'll actually. tell you, I listened to the following episodes. I heard the 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 Blitz Logical Insanity episode, the Prophets of Doom episode. Okay, so we did. So we did listen to and the, the American Peril episode. Those were the three that I heard. I, I listened to um, the Doomsday Prophet episode. Okay, um, and I also listened to uh, Wrath of Khan one and two, of which there are five. Yeah, yeah, or four. Maybe there's four. I think there's five. Uh, I'm looking right now on the website. There are five. You can go to dancarlin.com, and not only can you get his Hardcore History podcast, but he's also got a politics podcast called Common Sense. That one comes out more frequently than Hardcore History. This is a very infrequent podcast because it is a wealth of material. It, in the, he, I believe he says this in the Doomsday Prophet uh, episode, uh, but he says, for prep... He has 30 to 50 sources. Wow. That is ridiculous. It it really is an amazing amount of information that he puts out. It's the level of information that other people would take and turn into a book. Like, hey, I'd like to write a book about Genghis Khan or maybe even a series of books about Genghis Khan. And instead, Dan Carlin has 12 hours worth of podcasts. I thought uh, a couple of times while listening, I thought of two things came up frequently. One was, if I were in college and I had to write a paper, how do I source this podcast? I didn't podcast one around whenever I was in college. I have no idea how this would go on a bibliography. I don't think any teacher, even now, I think in 10 years, maybe we're in a different world. Even now, I don't imagine that any teacher is allowing you to to, to primary source Hardcore history. And I would say they're idiots. You've got to go through the podcast to go to his primary source. He cites books all the time. He cites books left and right. Sure, but I'm not reading those books. You don't have to read the book. Exactly. You can use the citation. That's right. (laughs) But I'm getting it from hardcore history. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in college right now, don't take that advice. I don't know whether that's (laughs) kosher. And we won't be held liable. Um, so, but that's a little idea of hardcore history. We're talking about. Th- imagine the best history lecture you've ever sat through in college, and that's an idea of Dan Carlin and, and what he's doing. We're talking about two-hour episodes. Yeah. We're talking about four-hour episodes in some cases, and it is all him. It's him in a room. I had two history professors that I thought was were fantastic. I thought they were phenomenal. I would have liked to have Dan. Uh, as a professor even more. Uh, let's uh, talk about some of the other shows for a minute, and then we'll swing back around uh, when we're breaking these shows down individually. Let's talk first about Stuff You Missed in History Class. This is a show, another show from HowStuffWorks.com. You can also find them at MissedInHistory.com. Uh, but, th- of course, we've already talked about the Stuff You Should Know podcast with Josh and Chuck. They were on our Christmas episode very recently. This show isn't hosted by them, but it is from the same folks, HowStuffWorks.com. And if you like... Uh, stuff you should know. This is going to be a really easy format to digest. Yeah, it's a very similar rhythm. It feels like it is the from the hosts. same network. Yeah, uh, You've got Tracy and Holly. Tracy Wilson and Holly Frey are your two hosts for this show. Uh, and just like Josh and Chuck, they've both got very congenial styles. They're very likable yep. hosts. And they 
a lot like Josh and Chuck, will give you a lot of information, but it's in bite-sized format. This is, hey, in 25 minutes, how much minutes. can I give yeah. you? Yeah, and that's the that's the range that we're talking about. I think I listened to one episode that was like 18 or 19 minutes, and then one that was all the way to like 45, I think. I may have come across one that was like an hour 15, uh, but I got to tell you, as congenial as you think that these two hosts are, boy, did they make me feel like a real hole. <laughs> Why is that? Because one of the episodes I listened to was about Poverty Point. I'm, I specifically didn't listen to that episode yet. I've got it in my podcast app, but I didn't listen to it for the assignment because I figured that you were probably going to listen. Poverty oh, yeah. Point, for those that don't know, is very near our location. It's, it's like it's our, 45 minutes away, an hour away. Yeah, it's our historical site. Right. And I have never been. I haven't either. That's one of the reasons why I didn't listen to you. That's the reason I felt felt like a real jerk. It's right here in our backyard and we didn't – but you know what? Because I'm listening to it and I'm like, oh, wow. Like that's really interesting. It's one of the oldest settlements, Native American settlements uh, in, in North America, man. I'll be honest with you. That's crazy. My thinking has always been, it's been here for thousands of years. Do I think it's going to disappear (laughs) next week? I mean, come on. It's going to be around. It'll be around. And there's, and there's nothing worse to be, to, to be made, to, to be made to feel like an idiot by people who, who, Come on, very nice. Very, yeah. Uh, very easy to like. Very that's, likable. That's true, too. Uh, I listened to, for the stuff you missed in history class, I, I'm, I listened to the Brian Baru episode, uh, the Pope Joan episode, the Book of Kells episode, and I'm, I'm currently listening to Is There a Real Macbeth Curse? Uh, that's, a, that's a good episode, too. I've, uh, I've listened to a dozen of them, at least. It, they're very bite-sized. Yeah, easy uh, to Even consume. the longer ones, they don't feel that long. Dan Carlin, when you get done with it, I was trying to explain to Kelly, my wife. It's I, dense. I was. She said. She said. Really, a four-hour history podcast. Who was? Yeah. I said. It's like eating a steak. You know, like sometimes I wouldn't want to eat a steak every day, but that's good because uh, the podcast doesn't come out every day. Now, if you're trying to binge listen. Hardcore History is not a show that you're going to want to shove four or five episodes back to back into your ear. You're, you're not going to be able to handle the information. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to do. I'm going to do three here pretty quick. Really? Yeah, I got to finish the con, man. I, I, I would it. have to. I would have to take a weekend and take notes, and then like go back and read the notebook afterwards to be able to just sort through the information. It was just too dense for me to do all at once, but. If you waited and listened when he puts them out, if you listen one at a time as they go by, then I can imagine. Oh, I can't wait for yeah. to, to that that special yeah. time when. Which, by the way, he should have an episode out very very soon. I saw. I was checking out the Twitter account um, yesterday, and some people were tweeting. They thought one had already been released, but it it hasn't. It's not out yet. The next episode is not available. Um, yet. So let's get into uh, angry history a little bit. You, yeah, I was going to say we got like a transition. It was named Appley. Yeah, I did. I thought I, we, you know, there's the joke in the beginning. They they use sound clips. They you hear a lot of uh, presidents speak, and you know, uh, historical clips. Actually, one episode. That's all you hear. Indeed. And then the last thing that you hear is the quote from the Incredible Hulk. You won't uh, like me when I'm angry. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. like me when I'm angry. And then the uh, the intro to their show is, "We hope you like us when we're angry." I really enjoyed all of that, and I thought it was very aptly put. The idea is these two guys, uh, Dean and Owen, uh, they – first of all, and I loved in one of the episodes that I listened to, they talk about the way that they record their show. Did you hear that episode too? Yes, I did. I did hear – what was it? Uh, The Babe Ruth. 
Yes, that was the yeah. Immortal Babe Ruth episode. I right. think that's the most recent one, or very. It's it's pretty recent. Anyway, I I really appreciate uh, the way that these guys do their show. It's a, a humorous take on these historical topics. They they take things lightly. They joke from time very to time. Very conversational. Absolutely, it is a a nice juxtaposition with hardcore history because he does take himself so seriously, uh, and it's not. Um, I, I felt it, you're not going to get uh, – you'll get a good overview and you'll get some nice tidbits. You'll get some nice little gems about the topic, but it in no way goes as thorough and detailed as hardcore history. So that's another great thing about it to have these two in your library. Yeah, well, and I mean, it's obviously a different kind of show. These, this is the kind of show, just like stuff you missed in history class, that you could, you know, listen to on a very regular basis. You could listen to it every week, and it's not going to be an overload. And they're, well, for and you. they're all about forty minutes. Yeah, yeah. I listened to uh, the presidential misquotes episode. I listened to the Churchill Coventry myth episode, the earliest presidential voices, and then the immortal Babe Ruth episode. I listened to all of those. I listened to the immortal Babe Ruth. I listened to the president's voices and the uh, McSorley's episode. All right. So those are the podcasts that we listened to this week and and uh, a little bit about each one of them. Let's start going in depth. Let's talk about the audio quality first. All three of these shows really, really well recorded. Let's start backwards here. We talked about Angry History and how they record their show. These guys are not in the same location almost ever. Well, I got to tell you, in the McSorley episode, they were. Yes. And they were actually in the bar recording. And it sounded like you could hear. I mean, you could obviously hear the background like um, they were in a bar. But it still sounded pretty pretty good, man. You're telling me that a live podcast can be well recorded? It's yeah. I don't know. I don't know what their setup was. I mean, they knew they were going to record there, so I don't. Right. You know, I don't. I don't know how they made it, but it sounded it. It sounded great. And this is a little bit inside baseball, but we've discussed before on the show a lot of folks that record in different locations use Skype to make that happen. These but guys do too. They do that. They they facilitate the conversation by using Skype, but they record the sides of that conversation independently so that they've got a high quality recording of each of their voices, and then those are synced together uh, over the internet and through the the magic of uh, modern audio editing. Now. For you as a podcast listener, you don't care how all of that stuff happens. But what you will care about is the fact that both of them sound like they are in of, studios. Yes, they're together. Yeah. They sound like they're it's high quality recordings. They are of the same level. And unlike a lot of shows, and we've talked about it a lot, generally you've got the host, quote unquote, the lead guy that sounds a little better than the co-host. This is not the case with these guys. Dean and Owen, I thought both sounded wonderful. And who do you think the uh, the lead guy is? I think they trade it back and forth. They ed- they they edit the show. They both edit the they show. They do edit the show. Uh, I guess time. Dean would be the okay. leader. Okay, see, I would too. That's, yeah. that's what I thought as well. Uh, but, but these guys, they handle the load very well, and they talk about in that episode particularly uh, the, the fact that both of them do edit from time to time. So anyway, I was and, really and impressed Owen, with all of that. huge Star Wars fan. Owen's a huge Star Wars Has fan? Has to be. Why do you say that? Um, because he get, he gets a lot of little references uh, to Star Wars. Like he'll use that as a pop cultural reference to something uh, in history often. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so uh, that's the audio quality for uh, Angry History. Uh, what about stuff you missed in history class? They have to be in the same studio. I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be a very close setup to what Josh and Chuck do 
because they sound really well. And I don't know if they trade producers off. Well, that's – I wondered – and I mean I'd, I, I guess probably if I poked around on their website, I might could find this out. I wonder if they are working out of the same studio that Stuff uh, stuff You Should Know records in. I mean I know they're from the same network. Are they in the same room? Do they have the same producers, et cetera, et cetera? Those, those are questions I'd like to ask. If they don't, it's very, very close in quality. We And we have crowed about what a great show yeah. or how great Stuff You Should Know sounds. Stuff You Missed in History class very much the same hardcore history now dan's got it a little easier here since it's only him that's pretty easy yeah. to uh, to control the quality of the sound but you don't ever get uh, audio issues you don't ever get hiccups him coughing or anything like that it's all they take all of that nonsense yeah. out and they do occasionally use a little bit of melodramatic music a little bit of like presentation on the episodes did you not hear that i heard that a couple of times Maybe I can't. It's remember. subtly done, I think, so that you don't even like notice it. But especially coming in and out, I maybe I don't remember. Maybe I imagined it. Maybe his. Maybe his. Maybe it's all in his voice. But I could have sworn that I heard uh, sort of background music a few times. Very lightly done. It's not a heavy touch at all. But I felt like it was there. Uh, if not. He elicited that emotion in his <laughs> yeah, in, in his telling. But the audio quality on all three of these shows is not only uh, not a detriment for them. Pleasurable. It's a yes. It's yeah. a positive for all three of them. Uh, so let's talk about host likability of the shows. Which one do you most want to sit down in a bar and have a beer with and 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 you know pick their brain a bit? Well, I feel like I've already sat down in a bar and had a beer with with Dean and Owen because of the McSorley's episode. Uh, fair enough. Yep. It's got to be Dan. Has to be. I I, I could w- probably talk for him. Talk to him for days. I wondered. I. I I, I'm going to say, you, as you mentioned uh, Angry History and Dan Carlin, I'll say this. I liked Tracy and Holly both immensely. Uh, I didn't have any issues with them. I felt like they come off as approachable and likable, a lot like Josh and Chuck from Stuff You Should Know. And so there's everything to recommend that podcast. I think they'd be great to hang out with, too. I wonder if Dan is too much in person. I like. He's got I hope to he be. is exactly I hope he's exactly the same. Well, I that's but I think that would almost be too much. If he was like that when you were actually with him, I think it would be too much for me to sit at the table while he goes into a spiel. Uh maybe, but I'm there to get him to go into a spiel. You're, you're, you're there angling for it. I understand. All right. What about production values? Uh, the Angry History podcast in particular uses oh, clips. Yes, they use a, a lot of them. Maybe it's just the episodes uh, that I listened to, but I really liked them. Like I liked being able to hear them talk about Babe Ruth and then hear Babe Ruth talk about Babe Ruth. Yeah, I thought they were really, really well done. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to think there was one in particular where they came out of – God, I wish I could remember what it was now. It was something It's probably going to be the early president voices that you're thinking about. Well, no, those were all very cool where they played. But I yeah. actually have a I had I have a book that comes with like several CDs, two or three CDs, and it's got every president who's ever been recorded. It had uh, at least some sampling of his voice, and of the later presidents, it has several speeches that you can choose Did from. You, and listen uh, to. Do you know if one of those CDs had what? Which one was it? They debunked Grover Cleveland. I don't know. It, uh, you're, it's a good question. It might have been that one. The, I, yes, it was. The, I think they I think deb- it was Cleveland. Is that one on one of those CDs? That's a good question. I don't know. I'll go home and look at my collection and, and see. But 
no, it wasn't that episode. There was it was one of the other episodes. I think maybe the Coventry Myth episode. They were talking about a specific story about Churchill, and then they they punctuated that with this really funny modern movie clip. You know, but it ha- it it happened to fit with the topic, and they do a really great job of that in and out. You actually this segues a little bit into one of our uh, listener feedback, and I'm just going to interrupt the show here for a minute to talk about this because we did get listener feedback on this specific point. We got a comment on our Facebook page, which, by the way, if you want to comment to us, you can always see us at facebook.com/slash pod on pod. Uh, this comes from Sean Wright. He says, I heard the Adam Carolla review. I call BS and, uh, well, he says a, a colorful term for weak. How about that? Uh, now you like Sounders? He said Founders, but I knew what he meant. He meant Sounders. He meant it, it was an, uh, an autocorrect issue. Could this have anything to do with the fact that Adam is a big cheese in the podcast landscape? This is sad. Uh, so I replied back. You, you're not on Facebook. You're not ever going to nah, see that nah. comment until the show. But I replied back immediately. I said, oof, strong words there, Sean. I, Joel, generally don't mind the Sounders at all. I think that's what you meant. And I called Josh on it. I called Josh on it. He's let other podcasts off the hook for this before when it's in the spirit of the show, quote unquote. And he explained that in the review. As we prove with Rob has a podcast review, we don't mind ticking off other shows fans. Thanks for listening regardless. And thanks for the feedback. He said, yeah, but that's small, small fry stuff. Adam is huge. And that was directed at Josh. Consistency is a good trait here again, sir, is an episode is a, is an example of you liking sounders. Yeah. Well, they don't use. Like it's not, it's not jarring, and it's kind of exciting to see which recording they're going to play next. So what I'm hearing is, I mean, you can you can qualify it in any different way that you want to, but what I'm hearing is, and when I couldn't it's tell done, you, if, I couldn't tell you if Angry History is a big show or not. Yeah, <laughs> when it's done well, then you like it. When it's not done well. In your opinion, you don't care for it. Yeah, just like uh, I really don't like music playing behind stuff, like uh, especially like Decode DC. I don't care for it. But when it was handled in the way that it was for um, Serial, Serial, it adds to the show. It makes the show better. Um, so maybe it's not the sounders or the music or the, or the high production that I have an issue with. It's with the skill uh, that it is um, delivered with. Fair enough. All right, so that's host likability, production value, the content. We've talked about the shows each individually, and we've also talked to you about the production values. Let's talk about some of our favorite moments from these three shows. Um, I want to start with, uh, let's talk about, uh, let's see, Angry History. There were two big things in that show that I absolutely loved. Uh, but my favorite one, they're discussing Kennedy and his speech. This is in the presidential misquotes uh, episode. They were talking about the speech in Berlin where he says the famous Ich bin ein Berliner. And the joke is that that's he was actually saying, I am a jelly-filled donut. Do you know this? <laughs> no. Okay. Supposedly, what I had always heard was that uh, Ich bin ein Berliner means I am a Berliner, but Berliner is a a name for a certain kind of donut. 
that is technically true. Angry History said that's true. But it is a very regional kind of thing to call that donut a Berliner. It's literally like one little section of Berlin itself. That's that's it. And if you listen to – and they pointed this out. If you listen to the historical recording where Kennedy actually says this, the crowd roars. Nobody laughs. There's nobody that is um, confused by what he's saying. Maybe they were all hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. They he he had this checked with multiple people, including the mayor of Berlin himself. It, he didn't misspeak. It is just a coincidence that another use of the of the term Berliner is for this kind of donut. So the President Kennedy knew what he was talking about. I like that one a lot. That's my favorite moment from from Angry History. Um, I like whenever they're uh, whenever they talk about how um, you know the curse of the Bambino. And how when the curse was finally broken uh, for the Red Sox, that people's lives literally changed. I Uh, know that because I have friends that have been huge Red Sox fans, and it's kind of true. I don't – would your life change if the Cubs Cubs won? won, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Good Lord, yes. Win, Lord. When's it going to be my time? Um, so I'm going to move over to hardcore history. My favorite moment from hardcore history, uh, it was, it was, there's a lot of them again, but this was in the, the logical insanity episode, which I cannot recommend this entire podcast, uh, in general, but that specific show, it was great because he was talking about the frame of mind that people had to get into to drop bombs on civilians as often as everyone did during World War II, that we just got to a place where that was fine, which is the thing that bred the idea that it was okay to drop atomic bombs even. That's that's where that mentality came from. You can't ask the second question until you've asked the first question. Great episode. But in that episode, he quotes a general. They were discussing the atomic bomb, and this general offhandedly, and Dan's got such great cadence when he's reading these things too, but Dan says, Nothing new about death. Nothing new about death brought about militarily. The guy was just tossing off the atomic bomb because all he was, he says, all it is is a, an elevation and scale. We've been doing this since time immemorial. And he's right in one way. And, and I don't know. The whole thing was laid out very well. I love that quote in particular. I don't know. Sometimes, Never heard it. Sometimes after uh, listening to hardcore history, I don't feel real good about being a person. Well, uh, what the problem is that especially in the doomsday prophet ones man i feel i felt horrible as being a human being well there's so many of the major events in human history are about death and destruction like there there's not a whole lot of and then everybody held hands and 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 made rainbows you know like like did you know that there's even today there's between 12 to 14 million people who are direct Descendants of Genghis Khan. I don't doubt that. Which okay, now I didn't you tell me to... how that happens. Oh, a lot of rape. That's horrible. <laughs> well, a lot of rape, and then a lot of time after the after the massive amount of rape. Rape on a global scale, oh, y- or, or yes. at least on a on a massively regional global scale, and then a lot of time since then. Like it's not like Genghis Khan didn't have twelve million mistresses. Genghis Khan had. 
of a, course, a hundred thousand mistresses over the course of his life. That's maybe. not nothing. And then there, no, that ain't nothing. But I mean, will and sure. they're not mistresses. Okay, but most of them victims. <laughs> yeah, sure. See, sure, you're, you're trying to sugarcoat. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no. It's a horrible thing. That's a horrible. That's a horrible stat to give. I'm wondering in in a thousand years. What will the statistic be with Wilt Chamberlain at the beginning of that sentence? That's what I'm saying. Like, not not even close. No, that sure. Can't even hold a candle. To sure, it. sure. I'm just saying. Um, uh, my favorite moment from the stuff you missed in history class. Uh, I really enjoyed the moment in the Pope Joan episode where they apparently. And maybe you don't know about this. Are you familiar with the idea that at least in history, the popes were tested for their maleness, specifically because of the story of Pope Joan? They no. had to. So the the idea is that the pope goes Just in, lift up the robe, done, sort of. But they would go in and they would sit on a specially made chair that the center of the chair is is open. So you're sitting on effectively like a toilet seat with no toilet in it. And then one of the high bishops, one of the cardinals or something, would go into the room, stick their hand under the chair, and check the package. How is that any better than, than just, just looking, looking at it? I don't know. That's what I wondered too. But apparently, this is a real thing. Now, they speculate on the stuff you missed in history class that that the actual testing, the actual reaching in there and touching, was not part. It wasn't a testing chair. The idea of the throne. It was some sort of ornamental and and uh, symbolic. Uh, use, but it wasn't for testing. That was connected to that chair. The idea of the testing was connected to that chair because of the myth of St. Joan. They, or excuse me, Pope Joan. They also pretty much say that it is unlikely that the stories we know about Pope Joan are, are true. They say it's incredibly likely that a woman rose very, very high in the Catholic Church during those times when the fact of the matter is we didn't keep great records. I would say my favorite um, thing that happened in hardcore history is uh, when he's talking about Genghis Khan being a fantastic strategist and that an army of donkeys led by a lion can defeat an army of lions led by a donkey. Hmm. <laughs> an army of donkeys led by a lion. Yeah. What about an army of donkeys trailed by a lion and forced onto the battlefield? <laughs> Fine. That's not what he said. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, and, and my favorite moment in uh, stuff uh, you missed in history class was when I realized how big of an idiot I was not to go see something that's actually pretty fantastic an hour down the road. Yeah, we got to get to that. We need a we need a, a pot take on the pot boys, field man. trip. That's a, it's a very good point. We I have children now that I can show this historical site. Your father, this is a piece of history, kids, that your father has never bothered to take the 45-minute trip to come see. But his partner felt guilted into going to see. <laughs> uh, hey, there's nothing wrong with guilt to force us into doing what we should do. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to hear Dan's uh, commentary on that. Uh, just real quick before we wrap up this podcast, I got to ask you something. You've said it now twice. Genghis Khan? Genghis Khan? How do you pronounce it? Genghis Khan. That's how, that's how uh, Dan pronounced it? Not only is that how he pronounced it, 
Uh, the reason I chose those episodes is because I finished Marco Polo on Netflix, and that's also how they say it. Really? Yes. Which how big of a jerk does the guy who started Genghis Grill gotta feel like? Yeah. Well, I guess he could always say he was no, going for been... a du- he was going for a double constant alliteration and <laughs> failed. Well, it's been Genghis Grill this whole time. You just <laughs> you didn't even know it. Here, so are we taking are we taking Dan's word for it on pronunciation? We feel like he's a pretty smart guy. He probably knows how to pronunciate things, right? Yeah, and when he well, and whenever he doesn't think he's going to pronounce something right, he always says he's not. Mm. You know, you know what? How he pronounced a, a certain word? Codified. codified. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Dan Carlin believes that codified is an acceptable pronunciation. I, I'm just putting it out there. the The podcasting world is full of us codifiers. <laughs> Again, I'm not going to comment. All right. Uh, So that's our three podcasts this week. Angry History Show, Stuff You Missed in History Class, and uh, Hardcore History with Dan Carlin. Where can you find these shows? Well, first of all, you can find them all in iTunes or on Stitcher and that sort of place. Uh, You can't find them all on Stitcher. You can't find them. What are you missing on Stitcher? Um, I believe I couldn't find Angry History on Stitcher. All right. I had to use uh, Podcast Addict. AngryHistory.com. You can go there to find that show. You can go to DanCarlin.com to find Hardcore History. And you can go to MissedInHistory.com. That's M-I-S-S-E-D in History.com to find Stuff You Missed in History class. Those are our three shows this week, folks. Thank you so much for checking them out. Uh, real quick before we wrap up the show, one more listener feedback. Uh, this comes from Carrie. It was posted on our website at PodOnPod.com. And it's in response to our uh, review of Polly Shore's Interested. All right. Uh, she says, "I heard about interested on another podcast. Get up on uh, get up on this. I'm in my 30s and was a fan of Polly's. I'm also a fan of stand up since I was a kid. I'm his audience, and he almost lost me on the very first one. I gave him a chance and ended up listening to most of them. Some of the music and his Pollyisms are annoying, but the biggest negative is the interrupting of guests <laughs> constantly. Yes. Also, you guys didn't mention he badgers them about money. How much did that cost? What's your mortgage? What do you make? Etc. It got old." The positives are his guests and the fact that his interview style is evolving. My fave moment was definitely Dice calling Polly out, which you mentioned, Yeah, Josh. I loved it. Uh, I said thank you out loud when he did that. If you're a fan of comedy, give this one a shot. The Dangerfield and Sammy Shore episodes were great. Personally, I'll be checking in with it and listen depending upon who his guests are. That's pretty much where you and I ended up with. Thanks, yeah. Carrie, for that feedback. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, Polly Shore's Interested, and this was Hardcore History, Stuff You Missed in History Class, and the Angry History Show. Our history trifecta is in the history books. And everyone's a winner. That's right. So that's pretty much everything you need to know about all of human history. I'm glad that we could fill you in. Uh, enjoy that. Next week, Josh, what are we going to talk about? I Do you think know? we changed this. We did. It's going to be Pod on Pod on The Last Gentleman. It's our next listener-requested show. All of these were listener-requested shows, but uh, we're uh, going back to the well next week. Yeah, we recently got a, got an influx of these. Yeah, so uh, good for you guys, and that's going to be next week. Uh, pod on Pod on The Last Gentleman. You can jump in there, check that out, and uh, get a head start on us. Until next week, I'm Joel. I'm Josh. And you should keep listening.
Pod on Pod is a proud member of the Procast Network, a Procreate production. Procreate is a community of artists in film, music, the digital arts, and fine arts that helps them connect and collaborate on projects. You can find out more at teamprocreate.com. For more great podcasts from the Procast Network, check out Movie Buzzed. Every week, your host, Zach, and special guests review a new film. It's time for good friends, a great movie, and a good buzz. The Pod on Pod theme song was written and produced by Adam Dale. You can find more information about him on our website. Our musical guests this week are The Lost Ambitions.
At first, we were worried about using purple bricks, but since we sold with them, I haven't been able to stop going on about them, have I, dear? No, love. I've been telling everyone, family, friends, that confused guy at the supermarket. Yeah, you haven't really shut up about that. But seriously, did I tell you about our purple bricks estate agent, Michael? I met him too. He oh, was nice. Oh, we could talk to him whenever. Anything we asked, he could do it. That's enough now, he dear. He was brilliant, always available to chat on the phone. Enough, I Robert. I email him any time of the day or night. Purple oh. bricks. You'll be totally sold. Fixed fee payable on instruction or after 10 months. Viewing services cost extra. See website for more details. At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage.